success or the failure of many, many, many souls is in this building tonight. Brother Angie and I was talking in the office before service started and I said something to him jokingly, but really not jokingly. I said, I asked my pastor one time, Brother Enzi, when did you get over the butterflies before preaching? Because I was about like a cat on a hot tin roof before coming here. You know what I'm talking about there. And uh, it's not my first time to preach, believe it or not. And uh, my pastor said, well, you never do. He said, they just turn in from butterflies into buzzards. <laughs> they just get bigger. People do not bother me. I love people. But the responsibility of souls bothers me. Doctors bury their mistakes. Ours spend eternity in hell. My mind, I don't guess I've ever thought as much about a meeting in my life as I had this. I thought of 10,352 things I want to say. And I can't say it all, Brother Henry. <laughs> There's so many, so many things I feel would be so pertinent to, to us. And I want you to know this is the way I am. And some of you know me, not very many. I don't know very many people here. Good to have my nephew, a minister of the gospel back here. There he is, a while ago. Jim Townley. He is a tremendous, tremendous preacher. And uh, we're good to have him. And if so there's others here I, that I know I can't see. I'm just blind. Hallelujah, okay? And that's the truth. But uh, those of you that do know me, I want you to understand this. And those of you who don't, please believe me. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to preach with you. I'm part of you, and you're a part of me. And we're in this thing together. And uh, you ain't going to shout without me. And you ain't going to cry without me, I promise you. Uh, we're going to be here together because uh, I, to, uh, I want to leave something with you. And it don't have to be Brother Townley's name. But I want to leave something in, of remembrance that will help you walk with God. Help you walk with God. And I believe that the Lord has laid some things on my heart. Uh, I have direction, I feel like, for this weekend. And understand me when I say what I'm about to say. To really emphasize a point, you really have to bear down on it. And, and when a teacher is teaching on English, they don't talk about math. They talk about English. And then when you go to science class, they don't talk about Math, they talk about science. And so what I want you to do is wait until all three services is culminated and put the package together and then see what God has given you this weekend. For the direction that I feel right now is three totally different, distinct directions for tonight, tomorrow morning, and tomorrow night. And uh, the key to walking with God and the key to the ministry and many other things is simply balance. 
balance. And I, I believe tonight what I'm going to preach, I'm going to bear down on, I promise you. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to bear down on something else. And tomorrow night, I'm going to bear down on something else. And when you put them together, they're going to balance, Brother, Brother Andrew. And, uh, you know, I've heard, and I'm not being critical, but just factual, I've heard some preachers preaching when they got through. Man, that sounded great, but I really didn't know what he was talking about or what they were trying to prove. Well, I want you to understand what I'm going to preach all three services. And I want you to get a hold of what I'm going to preach. And because uh, the Word of God is powerful and it's right, isn't it? And I appreciate what I feel in this place. Your singing, just tremendous. I leaned over to Brother Indy and I was serious, by the way. I said, how far do these folks travel on these weekend things? Hallelujah. It's only 800 miles. And Brother Cooley does know how to get to my church. And uh, so we will talk about that. And um, so I'm, I'm so glad to be here, a part of this, the, the purity and the, uh, the, just the, the power of God that I feel in our midst. And I believe that God is going to do some great things. You believe that? Now... The real test, I believe, and I guess every preacher has his own ideas, but the real test of the real spirituality of a church to me is being able to follow the Holy Ghost, whether it be high, low, in between, or whatever. I evangelized for some years in some churches. If you ever get them to shout and God help you if you ever let them stop, they ain't going to do it no more that night. They're through. You know, we call it peeking out. I don't believe there's no such thing as peeking out. I believe you ought to peek out 15 times. I mean... If it's time to shout, do the huckabuck. Get down on it. Amen. And then if it's time to cry, cry. And if it's time to shout after that, shout again. So we're going to be slow and we're going to be fast and we're going to be doing a bunch of things. And let's just follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe you can do it. I said, I got confidence in you. I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I feel a hunger. I feel a desire in this place. Hallelujah. Uh, when we finish, I don't want you to be like the little boy. First time you may have heard this. First time you ever went to Sunday school. He'd come home. He said, Mom, you ain't going to believe what they taught me in Sunday school. She would tell him that, son. She said, well, it was this group of people called Israelites. And there's a man by the name of Moses leading them. And there's this real bad guy named Pharaoh. He was after them. And they started chasing them. And, man, I mean, they were running for their life. And they came up to this, this, this sea called the Red Sea. And, and they looked, and there's a mountain on one side, a mountain on the other side. And, and, and there's this big body of water in front. And, and said they didn't know what they were going to do. So all of a sudden, they looked behind them, and here come the enemy. So he said they called in a bunch of con uh, uh, construction workers, a bunch of carpenters and stuff, and they built this pontoon bridge. And, and they built this just, I mean, feverishly, they built this bridge, and, and, you know, because the enemy was coming to get them. And they just before the enemy got there, man, they finished this bridge, and, and they took off running across this bridge, and just they got the other side, then the enemy got there, and they started running across the bridge, and said so they called in some, some bombers, and, and they come in, and before the enemy crossed the Red Sea, said so they bombed that bridge and blew it up, and all the enemy drowned. And his mom looked at him and said, Son, is that really what they taught you? He said, well, Mom, 
Not quite, but said, you wouldn't believe what they really taught me. So I want to preach something you can believe. Hallelujah. I want to preach something you can believe. Man, I'm excited. Are you? Hallelujah. I wish I had a full voice. Uh, I normally do, but I've been sick, and, and I've got about half of it. So, Mr. Sound Man, we might well get acquainted. Who are you? Stick your hand in the air. Give me a little monitor, please. Matter of fact, a whole lot of monitor, please. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's sounding better all the time. Praise God. Can y'all hear me on the back row back there real good? One can. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for PA systems. Are you ready for some preaching? Hallelujah. Let's stand for the reading of the word. Thank you, Brother Enzi, for allowing us to come and to be with you. I'm looking forward to getting to know as many of you as I can. And uh, I love Brother Sister Kulu with all of my heart. They were in Atlanta with us. And we have got many, many, many good memories and no bad memories. I don't have none. I don't have none. If you do, don't tell me you mess up a good relationship. Hallelujah. And we just had a lot of great times together working for God, working for the kingdom of God. And uh, just, I love God's people, don't you? I love God's people. And if any of you want to start a home mission work, we need 50 tomorrow in Atlanta. I'm serious. We need 50 tomorrow morning in Atlanta, new churches. Get them, God. <laughs> Send them my way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Second Chronicles. I think that's the Old Testament. 29. Praise God, praise God. I'm glad that we're not people that just like to worship the music. I love music, I love singing, but I love preaching, whether I'm doing it or you're doing it. Amen. I, I love, I love preaching. Appreciate everyone that's here, everyone that's come out to be in service tonight. Second Chronicles chapter 29, I'll be skipping some verses, just I'll tell you where I'm at, so just follow with me, quite lengthy reading. Second Chronicles 29, beginning with verse 1. Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and twenty years old, and he reigned nine and twenty years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. If there's anything I want to do in this world, that's it right there. Amen? I want to do that which is right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. He, in his first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street and said unto them, Hear me, 
Ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which is evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. Also they have shut up the doors of the porch and put out the lamps. They cut the electricity off of the church house and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place under the Lord God of Israel. Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem and he hath delivered them to trouble to astonishment and to hissing as you see with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in mine heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. My sons, be not negligent, for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him to serve him, and that you should minister to him and burn incense. Verse 15. And they gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. And the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the uncleanness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it to carry it out abroad in the brook Kidron. Now they began on the first day of the first month to sanctify, and on the eighth day of the month came they to the porch of the Lord, so they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days, and the sixteenth day of the first month they made an end. Then they went into Hezekiah the king, and said, We have cleansed all the house of the Lord and the altar of burnt offering with all the vessels thereof and the showbread table with all the vessels thereof. Moreover, all the vessels which King Ahaz in his reign did cast away in his transgression have we prepared and sanctified, and behold, they are before the altar of the Lord. Verse 27. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, the king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped. Everybody say worship. And the singers sang. Everybody say they sang. And the trumpets sounded. And all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves, and everybody said they worshipped. They worshipped. I want to preach tonight by the help of God and your help, and I do need your help. This subject, the restoration of worship. The restoration of of worship. Would you reach over, lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Let's not be in a hurry. Let's pray one for another right now and ask God to anoint the continuation of this service. Father, 
Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow in our midst tonight, God. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow in our midst tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we love you. God, we love you. God, we love you. That's it. Come on, let's praise him. Oh, come on, let's praise him. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. I adore you, Father. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Speak to our hearts, God. Speak to our hearts, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you say with me tonight the restoration of worship? God bless you. You can be seated if you promise not to stay there. Hallelujah. In the scripture, we read where Ahaz was a very, very ungodly king, right? Now, come on, right? Everybody, hallelujah. One, it's one place in the Bible, just verse after verse, and it said, and everybody said, amen. So let's just, if we're going to say, we're going to jump up, let's everybody jump up. We're going to shout, let's everybody shout. How's that? 100%. Amen, right? Gotcha, hallelujah. The Bible said that he was a very wicked and ungodly king. He was the leader of Israel, and it was his responsibility to lead Israel in worshiping God. Now, I am preaching tonight not to just a normal congregation, but I am preaching to leaders. You're not here at Bible school just to waste your time, hopefully. If you're here, there's something in your heart and something in your life that is leading you and guiding you and tugging at you. The major majority of everybody in this building are leaders and going to be leaders. And there's people that's going to follow you. Remember this, with authority, there always comes responsibility. A lot of people like authority, but they don't like responsibility. In this life, you have two choices. As you walk through life, you will either leave your mark on the world, or the world will leave its mark on you. Somebody is going to follow you. And I want to lead them to the right place. Ahaz had the responsibility of leading Israel to worship. But instead he began to build altars to false gods, worshiping idols, 
And therefore Israel followed him. And the Bible said they locked up the temple of God. They shut the doors. They turned off the lights. They boarded up the windows. Nailed the doors closed. And history tells us that they used the church house, the temple, for a storage room for the king. A place that was dedicated to God. A place that was supposed to have the Shekinah glory of God falling and accepting sacrifices. And now it's a junk room. May I say to you tonight, friend of mine, there are buildings in our society that they call churches that if you were to go in them, you would find nothing but a junk room. It's time we make the temple of God what it is supposed to be. I apologize about my voice. Bear with me. I'm going to preach till it opens up or goes out one or the other. Hallelujah. Not only did they board up the temple, not only did they use it as a storage room, not only did they turn the lights off and, and, and all those things, but they destroyed the brazen altar. They destroyed the brazen labor. They destroyed the table of shoe bread, the golden candlesticks, and the altar of incense. These things were you were in the temple, and they were used to access the presence of God, if you please. God always has had and always will have a plan to worship Him, Brother Enzi. Amen. Somebody in this world is going to magnify the King of Kings. Somebody is going to reach the multitude. You're looking at a preacher that believes in time revival. I believe in apostolic revival from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Somebody is going to preach it. Somebody is going to live it. Somebody is going to have it. I got my mind made up. It might as well be me. <laughs> I said it might as well be me. Hezekiah was 25 years old. He took his father's place as king of Israel. The sad thing is that most people follow in their parents' footsteps even if it's wrong. I pastored long enough to understand. I preached a message one time called Spiritual Hand-Me-Downs. Paul said, Timothy, I see something in you. And I saw it in your mom. And I saw it in your grandmother. When he saw something good, I've seen bad things in mom and granny and junior. The sad thing is many times when, when families are unstable and families are not true to God and true to the church, 
They hear one thing at church and they see another thing at home. They see mom and dad shaking the preacher's hand at church and running the aisles at church and then they hear and see something else when they get home. I don't know where all of you come from. I don't know the background. I don't know if your mama or your dad's a preacher or if your mom and dad even have the Holy Ghost. But I want to tell you something, friend of mine. Just peradventure, your mom and dad are not what they need to be in God. I'm not running them down. I'm not talking about them. But if they're wrong, you need to realize they're wrong. And you need to stand up and live for God and walk with God. I said walk with God. I don't know any of you hardly okay. So I'm not throwing nothing in nobody. But if you're here and walking with God and loving God and plan on being in the ministry and your mom and dad either in or out of the church has got a television in their home when you go home for break keep your eyes off of it somewhere you gotta get a hold of something for yourself I said somewhere you gotta get it in your heart you gotta walk with God and live for God because you believe it Hallelujah. If we are like a lizard now, when we're with strong people, we're strong. And when we're with weak people, we're weak. What are we going to do when we begin to pastor churches? What are we going to do when we begin to evangelize? Hey, young men and ladies, it's time you get on your face before God and understand this is my walk with God. This is my walk with God. I'm going to live it myself. I preached a revival one time between Florida and Canada. Somewhere in there. And the pastor and I had a couple of ideas that were different. And he was a pastor, so I left. And and uh, sitting in the car, it was nothing major, just as far as attitudes, he just wouldn't it just didn't run the same direction, you know. Sitting in a car, fixing to pull off the parking lot. The pastor was leaning in my window, talking to my wife and I. He just very casually looked at my wife and said, Sister Townley, do you really believe all this stuff your, your husband preaches again? Well, you know my wife. My wife's very quiet. She's not loud. I don't have a whole lot to say. But when she says something, it's worth listening to. She looked at him and she said, well, brother, let me tell you like this. As long as my husband preaches what he preaches, I'll follow him anywhere in the world. When he compromises, he's on his own. (laughs) 
give you guys and you girls a little bit of advice here. When you're looking for a wife and you're looking for a husband, you need to look for something that's not just pretty on the outside, but it'd be pretty on the inside. Somebody that's got a hold of something that's personal. Somebody that believes in the power and the holiness of Almighty God. Hallelujah! It's going to fall down to what do you believe and what do I believe? I'm going to tell you something, and you listen to me. I don't care how good looking the girls are and how much of a hulk the guys seem to be. They all gonna be ugly after a while. Time changes things. And you better fall in love with something more than appearance. Hallelujah. I know some of you girls can't imagine yourself ugly, but I better not say that, hallelujah. I love you anyhow. What I'm trying to say is what we need to do instead of following people but Hezekiah had a preacher in his life also there was a godly man. And Hezekiah had the option following dad to false worship or following the man of God to true worship. It wasn't that he didn't love his dad. It's just that his dad wasn't right. What are you saying, Brother Townley? I'm not breathing any contempt. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying, young people, somewhere in your life, you're going to have to make up your mind what do you stand for. If you want to test your walk with God and your beliefs, number one, start evangelizing because everybody believes this. And then if you really want to test it, come to Atlanta and start a whole mission walk. I've only chewed tobacco twice in four years. That's all. Hallelujah. <laughs> that ain't bad now. I mean, it just ain't bad. Not really. You know better than that. But it will test you. Will it, Brother Cooley? You're going to have to make up your mind somewhere. This is what I'm standing for. The Word of God is a Bible principle, and I'm standing on it no matter who believes it, and no matter who doesn't believe it. This is the Word of God, and it's true. Belinda, can I preach like I want to? Now, he told me, so Brother Tell, ain't nobody, these kids are home, they don't have to drive home. So he gives you a lot more time to preach. Hallelujah. I've only got three nights. I'm gonna preach for a while now. I would this ain't my note, this is my heart. Young people, get a hold of something. 
don't let people lead you wrong. My, my wife and I and my children, since we've been in Atlanta, we went out to Six Flags with uh, some friends of ours, two more ministers and their wife and their children. And we stopped at Dairy Queen to get hamburgers before we got in there. And we were ordering, and they ordered before us. My family ordered last. And there was a dining room, and it was nobody in there but a long dining room, probably, probably as big as the size of this church. And there was one television in that dining room. It was up against this wall about midway. I saw help me God. I wish I couldn't tell this, but it's true. Okay. Those two preachers, their wives and their children, went right out here with the food. They walked right down about middle way on this side. And it sat down right here like this. Every chair in the place open. My wife looked at me and said, Ron, that's okay. Because she knew I'd ball him, but then you I'd ball him. My pop-off bow and said, boop, boop, boop. Because they preached against television. You won't be there. Just hang on. You won't be there. So I walked out there and I made it mine. I ain't going to say nothing. Only be quiet. Don't start a ruckus. Sit down. My wife sat down there with this odd look on her face, breathing about every third breath. My kids sat down. I said, I ain't doing it, baby. I said, come on, kids. We're, right, we're all together. I said, I'm not going to subject y'all to watching television. We're going to sit over here. And I come right here and sit right up underneath the television because if they're going to watch television, they're going to stare at me. I, I, I didn't say nothing embarrassing. I just went over there and sat right on the television. They wanted an actor, I was going to be the actor. That was right above my head. You know what they did? Slowly they started drifting and sitting with us. I'm sorry. If you preach against television, watch it. You're a hypocrite. Now, this ain't my full message. I got two more times to go, okay? Put it all together tomorrow night. I guarantee you to balance out. What I'm telling you, young people, what are you going to preach and what are you going to live? What are you going to preach and what are you going to live? Don't preach one thing and live one thing with one man and then when you preach a revival somewhere else you believe something else. Don't be a lizard. Stand up for what you are what you stand for, and what you believe, no matter where you are. Hezekiah said, I love my daddy, but the man of God is right. The man of God is right. The man of God is right.
and unlike. And and uh, you know, it really. And I'm not. I'm not honestly. Hey, I I'm gonna preach some negative things, but I'm gonna balance some positive things. Okay. Unlike our our, our president, and, and I'm not anti-president. I'm for president, but but it really really made me feel bad that the major thing on his mind, the first thing he done when he got was elected, was he he brought in rights for homosexuals and abortion. I mean, that was the major thing on his agenda. The first it rattled out of the box. Well, Hezekiah didn't do that, brother. Really. The Bible said the first thing Hezekiah did in the first year and the first month of his reign. The first month of his reign. The first thing he said, his platform was this. When I'm king, we're going to tear the boards off the windows of the church. <laughs> when I become king, the first thing we're going to do is get the lights turned back on. Hallelujah. We're going to unboard the windows. We're going to repair the doors. We're going to start having church. We're going to start having church. We're going to start having church. He said, I am going to restore worship. I'm going to restore worship. Can I ask you, young man, what's the main thing on your agenda for your ministry? What are you going to preach? May I say this is what needs to happen today in America. We need a restoration of true apostolic worship. I said we need a restoration of true apostolic worship. Worship is almost a thing of the past in many churches. It's almost a thing of the past. Many that in years gone by who are worshipers have literally dried up and become former religion. And it's not setting people free from their sin. Now, I want to explain something to you, and you may know it. If you do know it, act like you don't. Get excited about it, okay? We preach. Get those scriptures out. We preach and interchange the words praise and worship as the same thing. And they are similar. But praise and worship is not the same thing. The only prerequisite to praise is Psalms 150, verse 6. Let everything that hath Let breath. everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The only prerequisite to praise God is to be alive and breathing. Do you know that an alcoholic can praise God? Do you know that a prostitute can praise God? Do you know a drug addict can praise God? Praise has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. I don't care what I am. I know what he is. I know what he is. I know what he is. If you 
you were on the streets of England and the queen came by in a carriage, the prostitutes would bow. The alcoholics would bow. The thieves and thugs would bow. Has nothing to do with them. Has everything to do with her. See, the charismatics know how to praise God. Oh, man, they, they got it. They tell me you can't praise him like this because that pushes him off. You got to praise him like this to pull him towards you. The only prerequisite to praise is just breath. And I'm not talking about restoring praise. I'm talking about the restoration of worship. A few other things involved if you're going to be a worshiper. Lead with envy. But the hour cometh. But the hour cometh. And now is. And right now, tonight at TBC is. When the true worshipers, if I was going to be a bank robber, I'd want to be good. Yeah. Good. I mean, excellent. If I'm going to be a worshiper, I'm going to be a true worshiper. <laughs> I don't like the backseat of nothing. Yeah. I said, I don't like the backseat of nothing. Amen. If you're going to do it, Get a hold of it and do it right. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers. Evidently, there's worshipers that's not true. Read over the end. True worshipers shall worship the Father in Shall spirit. worship the Father in spirit. And... And in truth, in truth, not just breath, not just breath, not just breath. See, when the queen rides down the street and the prostitute bows, she's just, just, I mean, it's just praise. There's a difference in worshiping and praising. And most of you probably know this, but when I used to think when I first got the Holy Ghost, what he's talking about, worshiping him in the Spirit, was worshiping him when the Spirit of God is moving. That ain't it. It ain't talking about God's Spirit. It's talking about your Spirit. Many times, we come to church and we clap our hands and our minds go something else. Many times, we're singing songs about the blood and shouting, and we ain't even thinking about the blood. It really don't hurt to think about him every once in a while when you shout. When you run the aisles, you ought to picture yourself running to his arms. Running to his arms. Running to his arms. What are you running about? What are you shouting about? What are you dancing about? It's him. It goes deeper than hand clap. It goes deeper than leaping. It goes deeper than dancing. You worship him with your spirit. I said with your spirit. 
somebody get a hold of something. I said somebody get a hold of something tonight. Hey, listen to me. Do you know why? Do you know why there's two people that go to church? Both of them shout. Both of them run. Both of them dance. Both of them talk in tongues. One goes home, gets beside his bed, prays, 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 talks in tongues, goes to sleep, thinking about the goodness of God. And the other one goes out naked in the back seat after the same service. You know why? Because one's just caught up. One's just doing it. And the other one is worshiping. Worshiping. One of them has their spirit involved with the master. They're making love with the master. There is a difference. can praise God without worshiping Him. You can't worship God without praising Him. <laughs> I said you can praise God without worshiping Him. You cannot worship Him without praising Him. Worship involves our spirit and truth. You see, Brother Townley, I know this church that they do all these things that's against the word of God, and they talk in tongues and they dance and shout. Big deal. What's that got to do with the price of beef in China? I don't care. I told my church this. I don't care if they throw up a tent across the street and they're transplanting arms and screwing on heads. If they ain't preaching the truth, it ain't God. It ain't God. You don't follow signs. Signs follow you. Now, now you, do y'all, any of y'all know, do y'all teach Greek here? Boy, you got to be deep to understand this. You got to slow down. Just deep. The way you know where you got the Holy Ghost is whether you spoke in tongues or not, right? That's weak. Right? Good. If you hadn't spoken in tongues, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Do you know that you speaking in tongues is not a sign that you're ready to meet God? It's a sign you got the Holy Ghost. But that thought it's the same. Well, it ain't. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you to all truth. It don't mean you have all truth. The way you tell whether you're living right is you living right. Is that deep or what, brother? I need to come here and teach. Hallelujah. And I wonder if I'm living right. Are you living right? Don't take no Greek theologian to figure that out. Are you pure? Are you holy? 
The Bible said, if you love the world, you don't love God. You said, tell him, believe I love both of them. No, you don't. God said you don't. Are you living right? That's how to tell whether you're living right or not. Well, I talked in tongues. How old you got the Holy Ghost? But are you living right? Turn your neighbor and ask yourself, are you living right? Say, if you're not, hit the altar. (laughs) Don't fool yourself. If you're going to be a worshiper, you're going to have to worship him in spirit and in truth. I preached in my church. I tell the message, I've got the Holy Ghost. Now help me be saved. The truth. A lot of churches preach, you know, saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's backward. You get the Holy Ghost, you sanctify yourself by learning how to live for God, and when you die, if you're right, you're saved. It's Holy Ghost, sanctification, then salvation. Not salvation, sanctification, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the first step, not the last step. Amen. Worship is a lifestyle. If you're going to be a worshiper, you're going to change your walk in life. It's going to change you totally. The Christian, the word Christian still means Christ-like. I just can't imagine Christ walking around with top two buttons unbuttoned. We'll be out of here, okay? You know, you know, you know when guys and girls or men and ladies when they unbutton buttons, you know what the sign says? Hey, look what I got! You don't put it up. Don't get quiet now. You're not ten years old. Christ-like Christian. Like him. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Think like he thinks. Live like he lives. Walk like he walks. Talk like he talks. You know, I, I, <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine Jesus living in our day today doing what a lot of us that claim to be Christians do. You're used to everybody that lived for God, their sideburns are right here. And then when the punk rocker shaved up here, all the Holy Ghost people went up here, not all of them, some of them, went up here. And now it's back down here. Can you imagine Jesus walking into one of the, one of these his and her shops saying, give me the mod look. I mean, when it got grease time, our boys got a grease job. When it got dry time, they got a dry job. Why don't you get something and hang with it? 
used by Hollywood to tell me how to live, how to dress, how to act, how to talk. I got it right here. scripture for all that? Nope. And it don't bother me a bit. When Lot left Abraham, if Lot would have had a pastor right there with an engine, he could have not said, now Lot, the Bible says in Ezekiel 3 and 2 that if you go that direction that five years from now and I'm just pulling these years out of air okay, that you're not only going to be going towards Sodom and Gomorrah but you're going to be living there and then the Bible says in Matthew 3 17 that uh, eight years from now your daughters and sons are going to marry Sodomites and then three years later they're going to be involved in homosexuality and things of that nature. And then a few years later, the Bible says over here in Revelation that there's going to have to be some angels come to your house and drag you and your two daughters out of the city and your wife is going to come part of the way and, and then be turned into a pillar of salt and you're going to lose the rest of your kids in Sodom. Uh, that's what the Bible says now. Now, Lot, you, 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 are you going to listen to the Bible? There wasn't a preacher in the world could have told him that according to Scripture. But he can say, Lot, I don't have chapter and verse with me. But I just got this feeling, son, that you're pitching your tent in the wrong direction. I can't prove this by Bible. I can't prove it by theology. But there's something in me as the watchman on the wall that I don't quite feel like that things are going to turn out the best for you if you go that direction. Well, preacher, if you can't show me black and white, then don't preach it. If all you preach is black and white, friend of mine, you really ain't got much to preach today. We preach Acts 2.37. Acts 2.38. What? Acts 2.39. Yeah. What about Acts 2.40? You got a Bible? Turn Acts 2.40. Anybody quote Acts 2.40? Sit up. From what generation? There. You know what he did? Is that what he said? Did you read it? You, you, make, you read it, make sure you're right. No, 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 it's 39, 40. Yeah. You know what he did? He didn't just preach Acts 238. He didn't just preach Acts 239. He preached against things that were wrong in that generation. And you know what? He didn't preach against television. 
because he didn't have them. He didn't preach against camels or Winston either. They didn't have them. He preached what was wrong in that day. You know what you and I got to do today? We got to preach what's wrong in our day. I may not have black and white chapter and verse for everything, but there's some things in my heart as a man of God I don't feel comfortable with. What are you going to preach? I had a preacher tell me just several weeks ago, if it ain't in the Bible, I ain't preaching it. I'm going to tell y'all something. When y'all start evangelizing, if that's what you're going to preach, don't call me. Because if all you're going to preach is that we're blessed. under the law no more. The law said you can pick up sticks, you're dead on Sunday. You commit adultery, you're dead. You ain't going to be spiritual, just obey. But under grace, the Bible said they that are led by the Spirit of God, for they are the sons of God. The problem is so many people, they, you know, you see these yellow lines in the middle of the road, that means danger. But people cross them and cross them and cross them and cross them until they're gone. So many preachers and so many saints of God cross their conscience over and over and over and over again until it's gone. And then they say, well, it ain't wrong. I don't feel bad. I don't care whether you feel bad or not. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Now listen to this. Listen to me close. There is no such thing as a revival church. And don't go spit water. There is no such thing as a holiness church. There is no such thing as a worshiping church. The truth of the matter is, there are revival preachers, and there are holiness preachers, and there are worshiping preachers. You can prove that, okay? You take a church that we call holiness church, and let it change preachers and let a liberal come in there. Within five years, he'll blow it right. Are you going to be a preacher, son? What are you going to preach? I'm going to find me a good Without the church men where they believe and get with it. And she teach them how to get with it. I'm gonna find me a hole in this church that believes. I mean, if it's if it's fun, it's wrong, and I won't have no problem. You ain't got guts enough to teach them it's wrong because they don't believe it's wrong. I'm not being smart. I'm, I'm telling you what's right. Because if you don't believe it yourself and you go to good church, you're going to mess it up.
you go to a good holiness church, quote unquote, and you don't believe holiness, they're going to be liberal for long because you don't believe it. Somebody's life is going to be changed. Okay, listen to me.
There's victory and praise. There's victory and praise. There's victory and praise. There's victory and praise. If you're bound, you can have liberty tonight. If you're bound, you can have victory tonight. Just a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a minute. Hold on just a minute. Hold on a minute. Now, now, now there's some people that would put me in hell right now. Brother Townley, you stopped them from worshiping. Yep. Bible said the spirit subject to the prophet. And we didn't build this up, and we ain't through. Okay? And I'm not just on a trip trying to preach my message. We're right where we're supposed to be. And when God gets ready to blow it out the top, I'll get out of the way and do it. Okay? There's a little bit more I need to tell you. This is right. This is right. This is right. <laughs> he said, Brother Telly, I'm sitting by somebody 
that don't believe what you're preaching. That's fine. Don't show no bad spirit. That's between them. They're the loser. Now what I want to know, but the envy, who is it that has this head built around them? Let's go to the Bible. Now we just read, you that fear him, praise him. Right? Right. You that fear him, praise him. And we just read that Shoko was a hedge and it belonged to the praiser, right? So evidently, those who praise God consistently have a hedge around them. Those who don't praise him consistently don't have a hedge about them, right? Right? What is the hedge? Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. In campus. In campus. Round about them. Round about them. That fear him. That fear him. And delivereth them. Now, you know, it's amazing to me. Most all my life, all I heard was part of that verse. I heard preacher Jim say, the angel of the Lord. And comfort around about them that fear him. Well, the rest of the story is, as Paul Harbin says, the purpose he's there is to deliver you. Now, the Bible said if you fear him, praise him. So people that fear God are praisers. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him. So angels are the head. That in circumference, the praiser. I need a praiser. But keep going to You'd be a good praiser. I need about six or eight angels. Come on, quickly. I need some big, tough angels. I love you. Okay. Now, I want you to get out in the middle. You're a praiser. Now, you angels. Now, this is what the Bible says. I want you to get shoulder to shoulder and lock arms. Now, I know it's hard for me to play this, this, this position, but I'm going to have to be the devil for a little bit, okay? Brother Keating is a worshiper, a praiser. I'm his adversary.
Now hang on a minute. Okay, get back in position. The Keating, you ever heard people say, Boy, I've been fighting the devil. Why? Why? If you don't want to fight him, just praise God. If you praise God, you don't even have to deal with the devil. He can't even get to you. He can't even touch you. the devil. Evidently you ain't been praising. Or you've been just walking outside your head or something. Get get ready, angels. This is for the telling, but the devil's trying to hit you with the angels. No, he can't. The Bible said that Michael rebuked Satan and said, leave Moses' body alone. So what Moses did? Went home. Michael, one angel, has more power than Satan. Now, I'm not real, real sharp, but I ain't real, real dumb either. I read where one-third of the angels were kicked out of heaven, and that leaves two Come here. Come here. Come here. Need another one. Come on. Come back. They're here. No, I want to get my math mixed up. Here is an angel of darkness. Here is an angel of light. Put your arms around him and squeeze the pudding out of him. Don't hurt him. Don't hold him. You don't hold his arms. I don't want his arms in there. Now, if mathematics is right, we've got one angel to bind. I don't know how many angels there are. I have no idea. But if there's 50 or 50 million, we've got one angel to bind every angel of darkness and that many more. Anybody need me to do anything? We got as many unemployed as the devil has on poor. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 
somebody get a hold of something tonight. Okay, one more time, angels. Y'all go back and sit down in the last group. Now, listen, I love this. Now, if Brother Keating quits worshiping, then all of a sudden, <laughs> he ain't got no head, and I can get two. Now, the devil does not have the power to defeat you, but he can hinder you. He can work on your head, and he can hurt you, but he can't whip you. But all you got to do is start praising and Right back. Now, one more thing. If peradventure, if peradventure, the devil does break through the head. No, 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 no. Shame on him, but I can't even get there. You know what the Bible says? That God lives in man. God dwells in the midst of his praise. The angels are out here, but while you're shouting, God is in there. If the devil ever gets in there, God help him. He's going to fight Gabriel and Michael. He's going to fight God Almighty. surrounded by angels. <laughs> you know what happens? Come here, man. Right there. Now, if this guy quits worshiping, he surrounds himself. You know what he does? He's just grown. He finds another one that's just grown. He finds another one that's grown. He finds another one that's grown. Come here. He finds another disgruntled. And the reason he's so disgruntled is he surrounds himself with disgruntled people. And he says, you know, he's a talent. Sure was pushing us mighty hard. And he says, sure was. He says, I ain't like it either. He says, I don't really believe he is in his place. He says, I don't like that fat guy. You know why? Because he's surrounded by people just like him. Iron sharpen of iron and mud get your feet muddy. But all the time, they're grumbling and complaining. Brother Keating says, hey, Michael, how you like that? Michael says, ooh, I like it. <laughs> hey, Gabriel, you like that preaching? Man, do I ever. 
He asked the devil angel, how is it with you? Boy, it was good. And Brother Keeney is just happy and happy because he's surrounded by the angels of the Lord, not by disgruntled people. You want to live for God? Praise him. 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 Who are you going to surround yourself with? Now listen, next time you come to church and you feel like you've been shot at and hit, you know what And everybody else's service is going on, and you just don't feel like worship. Worship in hell. Man, I have had a hard week. I mean, the enemy has hit me from every side. Oh, oh, oh. He ain't supposed to be able to hit me. He ain't supposed to be able to touch me. What's wrong? My head. Uh-oh. My head. <laughs> Where's my head? Where's my head? God, you're great. God, you're mighty. God, you're powerful. You take care of me before. You can do it again. All of a sudden, there's power, there's glory, there's majesty all over again. Our praisers, they've got us. If they stop our praisers, they've got us. Is there not a cause? Let me tell you something. When you lose your worship as an individual or as a church or as an organization, it won't be long. You'll lose because standards become a burden if you don't have the right attitude and when you're a consistent praiser big deal what the long sleeve Let's be real. 
the counter? If I live for God, I can't wear split skirts. There's two purposes. Now, now, some people might not wear them for just these purposes, but there are only two purposes of split skirts. One, is your skirt so tight you can't walk in it. If it's that tight, quit wearing your baby sister's clothes. Get you something that fits. You don't need you don't need to wear something that shows ever. Would that be crude to say that? Ever pimple on your body. Amen. If it's so, you know, you know. You know, I, I studied the Bible, and, and, and it's talking about the things that God took away from them. The Bible's talking about they were walking and ministering as they go. You know what that is? I never did until I studied it. It's crazy. What they did back in those days, women would take little chains, little short chains, and they would tie their ankles together. And when they walked, they'd be like this. You know why they did it? They did it so they would wiggle, and the men would watch them. That's fact. That's fact. He's about to tell me I wouldn't tie my feet together. You wear your skirt so tight, you do the same thing. The second reason, and I pray this ain't your reason, the second reason is to show your legs. So you want to see your legs. I mean, if you're trying to show your husband, you ain't showing your leg at home. All of it you want to show him, I don't care. But if you ain't married, cover it up. If you are married, cover it up till you get home. Somebody just said, I like that other part better. Well, if this is bothering you, just start praising and your attitude will get wrong. <laughs> Living for God, just think of, hey, when you're happy, I mean, when you're on fire for God and the preacher said, hey, oh, that little split skirt you got, I know it's below the knee, but it's just split. It's about four inches long. Sew that up. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I sat right over here. Where's kneeling for it? But when you spin it right, you said, why? Who are you? See, this is the way I teach our folks. And I mentioned this morning. Different corporations that have high standards of excellence, they want to represent that. We are ambassadors of Christ. How much higher can you get? Now, I don't believe, I don't believe that 
somebody seeing your elbow is going to send you to hell. You know, I, when I was coming up, they preached, cover them knobby elbows and knobby knees up. Well, let me tell you something. If somebody's elbow turns you on, you're wired with 440. You got problems. You got problems. It's not the deal of, of your elbows are sexy. I mean, some sick people in this world, okay? But that's them. I ain't never seen an elbow that made me do nothing. But there's a mark of excellence. I personally, I, and, and I, don't, I, I just personally myself believe that three-quarter sleeve below the elbow for the year, and no matter what you're doing, it's just a mark of excellence. You should have told me I wear them to church. And my Lord, anybody can live for God at church. And let me ask you something, young men, young ladies. I mean, y'all most y'all gonna be preachers and hope y'all most y'all I hope y'all gonna be preachers. Why? If a, if a boy and a girl can't fall in love around here, they just sick, ain't they? It's a lot of guys and girls ain't not sick guys and girls. Ain't nothing wrong with that. To be like a hoot out on a limb. If you're a boy and you don't like a girl, you're sick. Yeah, that's ungodly. That's normal. Now that I got the Holy, it don't make this don't make me spiritual, okay? But this fact, so now that I got the Holy Ghost, nobody told me to. I was 19 years old. I went home. I threw every short sleeve shirt I owned away. I've never owned one in my life. I don't put people in hell and, and, and all that to do. But I just, if I'm working on my car, I can close my eyes and reach in my closet and get any shirt I have, and the sleeve is at least below my elbow. I don't care if I'm in Florida. <laughs> or Hong Kong. That's all I own. All I own. And see, sir, if you're going to pastor our church, you might want to face the music. Your saints are not going to come up to everything that you live. And you need to go above and beyond for an example. So I'm just don't know if I'm willing to, to do all that. Well, you probably are not qualified to be a minister because you're not willing to give up and be an example to people. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be an example to the world. Whatever it takes. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're a true worshiper, those things don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing. When you find yourself fussing over little standards, you're, you 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 got problems. Now, I don't think everything that we preach against ought to be preached as heaven and hell issues. Because if I preach a short sleeve 
is sin, then everybody wears short sleeves going to hell. That ain't what I preach. That ain't what I preach. In our church, if you're in leadership, you don't own a short sleeve shirt. You said, but tell me, I don't, I, I don't want to wear, I don't do that. Well, you ain't a leader. I think it's a mark of excellence, not necessarily heaven and hell. But if you're going to preach, and you're going to be a preacher's wife or whatever, involved in leadership, let's be an example. Let's be an example. Pure, holy, righteous, above and beyond. Don't try to take your people somewhere that you haven't been. Don't call them on a fast if you hadn't already fasted. Don't call them on prayer meeting if you ain't going to pray. You go before them, not after them. Now, let me wrap this thing up and I'll quit. I, I, I told you I got three nights so I can quit whenever I know I can preach for the next three days. So let's just go a little bit further. There's, you can sit down whatever you want to do. There's seven different words, and probably a lot of you know this. There's seven different words that when they begin to translate into our language, seven different words that were different types of praise. That when they translate it into our language, they just put it praise. And it means several different things. One is, and if I pronounce these wrong, I can barely ha- handle English, much less Greek, okay? Tehillah is to praise him with singing. And when it gets in our Bible, it just said praise. But if you were to look at the original, it would say Tehillah. Not tequila, Tehillah. And one is Zamar, Z-A-M-A-R. It means to touch the strings of an instrument uh, or make a musical celebration. One means to kneel. One means with uplifted hands. When Jonah was in the belly of the whale and he began to praise God, it literally meant he raised his hand. And in different places. And it's one, it's spelled H-A-L-A-L. Now, I don't know how some Bible scholars say it, but I like to pronounce it like this, haul off, because I like to just haul off and worship God. I like it like that. I just like to make things simple in life. I like simple things. And, and, and just haul off and worship. This is what I really like. I really like. Because it means to boast about or to rave foolishly. That's what it means now. Every time in the word of God, that that word halal, halal, whatever you want to call it, was there. It meant to boast about or to rave foolishly. Now I'm going to give you some people's example of this. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm really boasting, really raving, aren't I? It'd be good if wives rave like that their husbands when they're mad. Beep. Cut that out of the tape. 
Boast means an instance of bragging. Now, there's one thing I can't stand in this flesh, in this world, sister. It's a bragger. You know, I watched some of you tough guys on that ball fell out there. I told the ends, I said, I really don't care who wins the football game, but I'd like to bust that in head. Just. I like to on Matt's shoulders. A couple of them behind me. Hallelujah. <laughs> just the spirit and attitude, you know, sort of braggadocious. But nobody likes, because normally when we brag, we're bragging on us. I, 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 I. God don't like us bragging on us. Sister Envy, he loves us bragging on him. (laughs) He loves it when somebody brags on him. Amen. When somebody jumps to their feet and said, I want to tell you what my God has done for me. He liberated my heart. He set me free. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Brother Griffin said this morning, he healed my body. I don't know. I wonder if anybody would like to run up here and grab this mic and brag on God. Anybody want to brag on God? Anybody want to brag on God? Does anybody want to brag on God? Hallelujah. I came to church tonight after that silly football game and I had a big old knot in my leg. It was hindering me from praising God and running and jumping. But right now, there ain't nothing in my leg. I can praise God and I can jump. I can dance. I can run. You know what he's doing? He's boasting about God. I said he's boasting about God. Somebody else want to brag on him? Come on. Somebody else want to brag on him? I'm telling you, God loves it. God loves it. God loves it. God loves it. You know what you're doing? You're hollering. You're boasting about God. Anybody? Missing your chance. I'm not in a hurry. I catch a plane eleven oh five tomorrow. I just want to thank the, thank God for the peace that I feel. Um, I don't know if y'all know that my mom at my house has been suffering a lot. She's been diagnosed with have multiple sclerosis, and it can get worse, and it can get it can stay the way that it is. But all I know now is that all I know to do is to pray about and stay around people that are so full of God and just know what to do. And I just, I didn't feel very, very good tonight, and I didn't really feel like praising, but just, I thought, you know, I need to I need to thank God. I need to thank Him because He's fixing to do something. I don't understand why this is happening in our house, but I know that it's fixed to totally be something great, and I just love the Lord. Please, we just bragging on God if that's all right. We're just bragging on God. Praise the Lord. First of all, I want to say before, uh, towards the beginning of the service, I 
wanted to test. I didn't want to testify, but I thought, well, if they have a testimony Sunday service, because I don't want to, I'm going to. I tell you what, the more I thought about testifying, the more I began to want to testify, Brother Townley. And this is what I was going to say. You know, I'm not stupid. And we all think about what we're going to say before we stand and testify. But I said, if I went to work only when I felt like it, then I might not have a job to go to when I do feel like it. And another thing hit me. I, I was in a service one time that a man took off running. And before the service was over, the pastor asked that man, why did you run? He said, because the devil didn't want me to. You know, sometimes I don't feel like doing some things, but I don't do things because I feel like it. Praise God. Woo! Mm. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm. And I sat there and I began to think. I didn't want to testify, but when I thought about that, I said, man, I'm wanting to testify now. You know, I've been going through some things, and, and this is what I was going to say. And then your message got up here and you preached what you preached. I said, Lord... I'm not feeling like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I wasn't feeling where I, like I needed to spiritually or anything. But you know what? I didn't have to feel it then. But the more I began to worship and the more I began to praise, that's when I began to feel like worshiping and I felt like praising Him. I'm glad that my relationship with God isn't based on my feelings, but it's based on what I know. I was lost in sin. I was bound for hell flames. But the mercy of God reached down to me and he lifted me up. Wow! Hallelujah! What are y'all doing? We bragging on God. We bragging on God. We just hold on. There's a, a surging, there's a burning fire, as the sister said, a burning fire within your soul, and you can't keep quiet, you can't keep still, you've got to serve God, and I want to give God praise, because when I was in sin, I had no life, I had no hope, but God gave me a hope, he gave me a life to live, oh hallelujah, God is worthy, God is worthy. Hey, we're not bragging on us. We're bragging on God. We're bragging on God. Not only. Not only does hollow mean to boast, but it means to raise 
what rave means? It means to speak or utter wildly, irrationally, incoherently. <laughs> That's why when somebody gets up to testify, they just go plumb incoherent. You don't even understand what they're saying. You don't even understand what they're doing. What are they doing? They're raving. They're raving. They're raving. They're raving. Come on, don't worship like that. Don't worship like that. Why not? God can't do it. You know, you know what incoherent means? It means unable to express one's thoughts in an orderly manner. I don't know. I'm too excited. I don't know what to say. Hey. Rave. Rave means... To speak or utter wildly, irrationally, incoherently, inherently, and that ain't all it means. Rave means to roar. Roar is to utter a loud, deep, prolonged sound. Somebody said, say, dearly beloved, we're gathered here together today to open the Holy Scripture and find the nugget of truth to help us walk with God. Or you can say, my God, we're going to have a move of God today. We've come here today to worship God, to magnify God, to praise God, to glorify Him. Rave also means to rage. Rage means to speak or act furiously. Man, I've seen some ugly faces worshiping God. They look like they're in pain sometimes. Supposed to rage. And it also means to speak with wild enthusiasm. Wild means full of intense, un 
ungovernable emotion. Y'all don't worship, I'll get the PA system to do it. Ungovernable! He can't govern it no more. He just popped the governor. He just broke it. Well, they shout, but they like to do it like this. Your governor's working too good. Now, I got this cousin. He don't have the Holy Ghost. He's crazy, boy. I don't know if this works or not. He says it does, brother Enzy. He said you can rent these U-Haul trucks, and they won't run but about 50, 55. That's wide open because they got a governor on them. He said you can get them things wide open, Brother Cooley, and reach in there and sort of double clutch that thing and pull it back over in second gear and pop that clutch and full board it, and it'll bust that governor. And he said that dude will run like that left. I don't know. I ain't going to try it. I ain't going to tear up some else's stuff. But some of you need to wide open and then pull it back a second tonight. <laughs> hey, this is all right sometime, but you need to pop a governor tonight. You need to get a little foolish tonight. You need to rage a little bit. You need to get a little bit incoherent tonight. The word again now, the word hollow means to boast about or to rave foolishly. Now I told you what boast meant. I told you all the things rave meant. And then it said, I want you to do all that to a complete foolish degree. Foolish means ridiculous. Now I know, I know we have some preachers today that preach. Now, there's no sense in you ladies slinging your hair down. Thank God you got something to sling down. I don't care which way to sling it, as long as they don't sling it off. Because the Bible said God gave a woman her hair for her covering. It didn't say God gave Sally Sue's hair for covering. Slipped that in there, didn't it? See, a bunch of places in the Bible, praise means different things. But in the book of Psalms, chapter 150, 
we see praise. How many times is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, twelve, thirteen, something about like that. Do you know in the original, every one of them is hollow. Every one of them in Psalm 150. Now, hold on means to boast about and rave foolishly. Now, let's read it like we were going to read it in the original. Hold on, ye the Lord. Okay, we're going to hold on. Praise Jesus. Anyone is said, boast about and rave foolishly. This is what it says. Hallow ye the Lord. Hallow God in his sanctuary. Hallow him in the permanent of his power. Hallow him for his mighty acts. When you say he healed my body, you need to get excited. You need to get excited. You need to get excited. Hallow him for his excellent greatness. Hallow him with the sound of a trumpet. Now you know yourself. When somebody gets up and blows a trumpet, they say, that don't do nothing. But you let him cut down on it. It's in chill bumps up and down your back. You got a trumpet? Can you play a trumpet? Anybody got a trumpet? Anybody got a trumpet? Hold on, ye the Lord. Hold on him with the sound of the trumpet. Hold on him with sauntering heart. No. I've heard preachers preach. Now, you can dance before the Lord, but let's do the little charismatic hop. There's no need in you getting radical now. We're intelligent people. Bible said, Hallow him with a timbrel and a dance. <laughs> he said, I want you to get with it. I want you to get with it. I want you to get with it. What's he doing? Keep hollowing. Keep hollowing. Keep hollowing. Bible. It's Bible. 
I'm a stringed instrument and organ. I like it, Sister Curly, when you get up on that high side and say, I like that. I watch her tonight. When she gets on that high side and just them fingers and say, Man, I like that. That's hot line. Hold on him upon the loud cymbals. I was preaching revival in a church last year. Pastor took a new new pastorate, and there's some old mossy horn something others in there. Poor guy in the sound room back there was scared to wiggle. One old lady sitting in the back row, and when he turned up, let me she just look at him. I stepped in the back door. I'm not honest before God. I stepped in the back door. The pastor's in the front in the pulpit. Like in pantomime. I went to him. I said, uh, I, 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 he's a friend of mine. I, said, I don't mean to be mean, but I ain't preaching if they can't hear me. He said, what do you mean? I said, turn it up. Or I ain't preaching. I don't care what she said. She ain't the pastor and she ain't God. And, and, and I said, you just go ahead and step here. And I walked back by the sound room. I looked at me and I said, son, he's the old night was. I said, I know what you're going through. I know you scared that woman. I, honestly, I said, but I'm standing between you and her. And don't worry about her. I'll take care of her. I said, turn it up. I said, can you hear your pastor? He said, no. I said, turn it up. He said, I said, turn it up. He, honestly, the guy was chasing me. Honestly, he I said, hey, how now? Turn up. Turn up. I said, come on. Turn up. Come on. Come on. A little more. Now, now, a little bit more. I said, good. Now get your hands off the buttons and leave them alone. I said, don't worry about her. Don't worry about her. Just forget her. You can say what you want to. Spirits and attitudes are stop revival. And if you don't like it loud, don't go to heaven. And God help you if you go to hell. You better hope there's a purgatory. Because heaven and hell are going to be loud. And you say, Brother Townley, I'm going to worship when I get to heaven. Let me tell you something. The only thing that's going to change between here and heaven is your body. Nothing else is going to change. I don't know why God likes it loud. He ain't deaf. But he ain't nervous. He said, praise him upon the loud cymbals. 
Pray, hold on, I'm sorry, he didn't say praise that, hold on. In other words, beat the fire them drums. Hold on him up on the high sounding symbol. Now, Brother Townley, this is real good for most people, but not for me. Let everything. Try, young lady. Try, young man. Try, 
mom, my dad. victory and praise! There's victory and praise! There's victory and praise! There's victory and praise! If you're bound, you can have liberty tonight. If you're bound, you can have victory tonight. Can you hang on just a minute? Hey, listen to me just a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a minute. Hold on just a minute. Hold on a minute. Now, now, now there's some people that would put me in hell right now. 
Brother Townley, you stopped them from worshiping. Yep. The Bible said the spirit subject to the prophet. And we didn't build this up, and we ain't through. Okay? And I'm not just on a trip trying to preach my message. We're right where we're supposed to be. And when God really gets ready to blow it out the top, I'll get out of the way and do it. Okay? There's a little bit more I need to tell you. This is right. This is right. This is right. <laughs> you said, Brother Terry, I, I'm sitting by somebody that don't believe what you're preaching. That's fine. Don't show no bad spirit. That's between them. They're the loser. Now, what I want to know, Brother Envy, who is it? That has his head built around them. Let's go to the Bible. Now we just read, "Ye that fear him, praise him." Right? Right. Ye that fear him, praise him. And we just read that Choco was a hedge and it belonged to the praisers. Right? So evidently, those who praise God consistently have a hedge around them. Those who don't praise Him consistently don't have a hedge about them. Right? Right? What is the hedge? Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. Encampeth. Encampeth. Round about them. Round about them. That fear Him. That fear Him. And deliver us them. Now, you know, it's amazing to me. Most all my life, all I heard was part of that verse. I heard preacher Jim said, The angel of the Lord encompassed around about them that fear him. Well, the rest of the story is, as Paul Harvard says, the purpose he's there is to deliver you. Now, the Bible said, If you fear him, praise him. So people that fear God are praisers. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him. So angels are the head that in circumference the praiser. I need a praiser. Thank you. You'd be a good praiser. I need about six or eight angels. I need some big trust angels. I love you. Okay? Now, I want you to get out in the middle. You're a praiser. Now, you angels. Now, this is what the Bible says. I want you to get shoulder to shoulder and lock on. Now, I know it's hard for me to play this, this, this position, but I'm going to have to be the devil for a little bit, okay? Brother Keating is a worshiper, a praiser. I'm his adversary. I can't get it. 
We've got one angel to bind every angel of darkness and that many more. Anybody need me to do anything? We got as many unemployed as the devil had on porn. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Somebody's getting a hold of something tonight. Okay, one more time, angels. Y'all can go back and sit down the last group. Now, listen, I love this. Now, if Brother Keating quits worshiping, then all of a sudden, <laughs> he ain't got no head, and I can get two. Now, the devil does not have the power to defeat you, but he can hinder you. He can work on your head, and he can hurt you, but he can't whip you. But all you gotta do is stop praising. Right back. Now, one more thing. If peradventure, if peradventure, the devil does break through the head. No, 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 no. Okay. Same only in my kingdom visits the man. Because you know what the Bible says? That God lives in man. <laughs> God dwells in the midst of his praise. <laughs> the angels are out here, but while you're shouting, God is in there. If the devil ever gets in there, God help him. He ain't going to fight Gabriel and Michael. He's going to fight God Almighty. I don't have to fight the devil. All I got to do is walk with God and worship God and shout and talk in tongues and live right. Worshippers are so happy all the time is they're surrounded by angels. <laughs> you know what happens? Come here a minute. Right there. Now, if this guy quits worshiping, he surrounds himself. You know what he does? He's just gone. He finds another one that's just gone. He finds another one that's wrong. He finds another one that's wrong. Come here. He finds another one that's wrong. And the reason he's so disgruntled is he surrounds himself with disgruntled people. And he says, you know, to the town, you know, pushing us mighty hard. And he said, you know what? 
says, I don't really believe he is in his place. He says, I don't like that fat guy. You know why? Because he's surrounded by people just like him. Iron sharpens iron, and mud gets your feet muddy. But all the time, they're grumbling and complaining. Brother Keating says, Hey, Michael, how you like that? Michael says, Ooh, I like it. Hey, Gabriel, you like that preaching? Man, do I ever. He asked his other angel, how was it with you? Boy, it was good. And Brother Keating is just happy and happy because he's surrounded by the angels of the Lord, not by disgruntled people. You want to live for God? Praise him. church and you feel like you've been shot at and hit. You know what And everybody else, the service is going on and you just don't feel like worship. Worship anyhow. Man, I have had a hard week. I mean, the enemy has hit me from every side. Oh, oh, oh. He ain't supposed to be able to hit me. He ain't supposed to be able to touch me. What's wrong? My head. Uh-oh. My head. <laughs> Where's my head? Where's my head? God, you're great. God, you're mighty. God, you're powerful. You can take care of me before. You can do it again. All of a sudden, there's power, there's glory, there's majesty all over again.
because standards become a burden if you don't have the right attitude. And when you're a consistent praiser, big deal, what the long sleeve If I live for God, I can't wear silk clothes. You want one? There's two purposes now. Now, some people might not wear them for just these purposes, but there are only two purposes of silk clothes. One, you just skirt your tight, you can't walk in it. If it's that tight, quit wearing your baby sister's clothes. Get your stumps in that pit. You don't need you don't need to wear something that shows ever. Would it be crude to say that? Have a pimple on your body. Amen. If it's so, you know, you know, you know, I, I studied the Bible and, and, and it's talking about the things that God took away from them. The Bible's talking about they were walking and mentioning as they go. You know what I mean? I never did till I studied it. It's crazy. What they did back in those days, women would take little chains little short chains, and they would tie their ankles together. And when they walked, they'd be like this. You know why they did it? They did it so they would whistle and the men would walk them. Fact. That's fact. She's about to tell me, I wouldn't tie my feet together. You wear your skirts so tight, you do the same thing. reason, and I pray this ain't your reason, the second reason is to show your legs. Who you want to see your legs? And if you're trying to show your husband, you show your leg at home. All of it you want to show him, I don't care. But if you ain't married, cover it up. If you are married, cover it up till you get home. Somebody just said, no, I like that other part better. Well, if this is bothering you, just start praising and your attitude will get right. <laughs> Living for God just stupid. Hey, when you're happy, I mean, when you're on fire for God and the preacher said, hey, oh, that little split skirt you got, I know it's below the knee, but it's still split. It's about four inches long. Show that up. Oh, no problem. I scout right over here. Where's Leland for it? But when you spin it right, you say, Why? Who are you? 
about some stuff, folks, that I mentioned this morning. Different corporations that have high standards of excellence, they want to represent that. We are ambassadors of Christ. How much higher can you get? Now, I don't believe, I don't believe that somebody seeing your elbow is going to send you to hell. You know, I, when I was coming up, they'd preach, cover them knobby elbows and knobby knees up. I'm going to tell you something. If somebody's elbow turns you on, you're wired with 440. You got problems. You got problems. It's not the deal of, of your elbows are sexy. I mean, some sick people in this world, okay? But that's them. I ain't never seen an elbow that made me do nothing. But there's a mark of excellence. I personally, I, and, and I, don't, I, I just personally myself believe that three-quarter sleeve below the elbow, for the, no matter what you're doing, is just a mark of excellence. You should tell me I wear them to church. And my Lord, anybody that forgot it, church. And let me ask you something, young men, young ladies. I mean, y'all most y'all gonna be preachers. Hope y'all, and most y'all, hope y'all gonna be preachers. Why? If a, if a boy and a girl can't fall in love around here, they just sick, ain't they? It's a lot of guys and girls, ain't it? Nothing to guys and girls. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Don't have to be like a hoot out on a limb. If you're a boy and you don't like a girl, you're sick. That ain't ungodly. That's normal. So now that I got the Holy it don't make this don't make me spiritual, okay? But this fact, so now that I got the Holy Ghost, nobody told me to. I was 19 years old. I went home. I threw every short sleeve shirt I owned away. I've never owned one in my life. I don't put people in hell and, and, and all that to do. But I just, if I'm working on my car, I can close my eyes and reach in my closet and get any shirt I have, and the sleeve is at least below my elbow. I don't care if I'm in Florida. Or Hong Kong. That's all I own. All I own. And see, sir, if you're going to pastor a church, you might want to face the music. Your saints are not going to come up to everything that you live. And we need to go above and beyond for an example. <laughs> 